Do you struggle when it comes to sex? You feel like you're in your head often, you're struggling with dick-related problems, you're not feeling connected with your partner? My sex meditations will help you through this, and this subscription is available to you now. So go to the show notes, click the link, sign up for sex meditations, and enjoy. I hope it helps you. Welcome to What I Love About Sex, where some incredible guests and I, Steph Kanowski, will be bringing you the tools for improving your sex life with topics such as sex issues with your partner, sexual self-confidence, premature ejaculation, sexual shame, masturbation, sharing your fetishes, orgasmic pleasure, and more. Sex is still so taboo, and I personally believe that by improving our understanding and communication skills around sex, we can enhance our own self-pleasure as well as deepening our long-term romantic relationships. So listen in, try to stay open-minded, and let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. Today I have a guest who is going to talk to you about porn addiction. I know a lot of you guys struggle with this and you are looking for help. You're looking for a way to understand yourself and understand this part of you of why you form this habit or why you can't get out. What are the signs of symptoms of knowing whether or not you actually have a real problem? Um, What are the potential underlying causes? How can your partner potentially help you or should your partner help you? A lot of questions, right? And my guest today, JK Amazie, is here to help you with that. He's highly intelligent. He runs a very successful program called Elevated Recovery, helping men overcome their porn addiction for good. JK himself has struggled with porn and he shares his story and he has some hope to share with you guys as long as you're willing to put in the effort and really try to change this area of your lives. I really took out a lot from this conversation with JK. So tune in and you'll definitely get some value out of this one. JK, thanks for being here. I am on the edge of my seat here because I can't wait to talk about all things porn and just let you share your expertise. So thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Stephanie. Of course. Right off the bat, like what made you interested in going into this Mm -hmm. field? I was more than just interested. I was actually an addict myself. So for the listeners, uh, my name is JK Maisie, um, as Stephanie mentioned in her intro, and uh, I'm a porn addiction reboot coach. I've been doing this for 11 years, and uh, I struggled with porn addiction myself for about a decade. Um, I was exposed to it at eight years old um, by a nanny slash cousin. I loved comic books as a kid. And uh, I'd read every comic, every graphic book in the, by graphic, I don't mean graphic sexually, it just meant graphic and it had pictures in it, um, in our home. And um, I saw her reading this comic book and she would just, she would never let me read it. And uh, I, I was determined. And the day I found it, it was under her bed. She was staying like in a guest room and it was, it was pornographic in nature. It had a, a pretty messed up theme. I don't want to trigger anyone. But with that being said, I was eight years old. I was incapable of sexual arousal, but I wasn't incapable of my my nervous system being triggered by that. And I had this, there was just this flood of emotions. There was this emotional reaction. I didn't know what it was, but I knew it was naughty because I grew up in a conservative Christian home. I knew it was not good for me and I knew it was different. So I, it became my little secret. 
And every time I was upset, I was angry, I didn't get a toy I want, whatever it was, I would, I unfortunately started looking at any pictures that had any form of nudity mm-hmm. uh, because I just wanted that feeling. <clears throat> and then when I was about 14 years old and I learned how to masturbate, then it all made sense. I was like, ah, oh, there's this exciting, amazing feeling that, 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 that occurs. Um, and I started using that to medicate every issue in my life, all the way through my teens, um, through my early 20s. I couldn't stop. And then once I started acting out and acting out um, in ways that, get, that could probably have put me in jail, and I did not expect it because I was going to college, I came from a well-to-do family, I, that's when I realized I had a problem. I could not stop. What did that look like on a daily basis with you having the problem? College days, it looked like going to college, having my head on a swivel, imagining what every beautiful woman, um, actually not even every beautiful woman, any woman um, looked like naked, fantasizing about women, um, masturbating whenever I had a chance. So if I felt stressed out because there was a, was a deadline to something I had to complete, I'd masturbate. Um, it involved uh, weekends going out and trying to run game, but I had no game. I was <laughs> I was really a nerd. I was very very introverted. I was very much a nice guy, um, very uncomfortable, very very introverted. And so I would drink alcohol. I'd go out there with my friends and I would try to try to talk to women. Um, it just didn't work out. So I'd come back late at night. I'd start watching porn, and then I graduated to chat sites where I would chat with women for for validation. Um, and then it escalated. The point at which I realized I had a problem was when I started going on Craigslist and different sites and seeking anonymous sex. So at that point, I was looking at escorts. I was I was actually trying to act out because I'd given up on myself. I'd given up on my ability to connect with women. I had no idea what intimacy was. So for me, intimacy was what I saw. Intimacy was performative. Intimacy was watching people um, having sex. Wow. Was that how you were, were you ever taught anything about sex as a child? Yeah, I saw what everybody else was thought. Actually, my parent, my, my dad was a was a gynecologist and my room was also his library. So I had a clear view of oh, vaginas man. and everything. Oh. I knew what the female anatomy was at a very early age. I knew all about that. Um, but that just goes to show that it doesn't matter. And my dad gave me a condom when I was like 14 years old, even though I didn't lose my virginity till I was about 21 years old. So I came from a family that they spoke about sex in a clinical way. But because they were still religious, they never there was always this underlying tone of it's a bad thing. The first time my mom saw, found a magazine, she got mad at me. She was like, I'm going to tell your dad. So all that fear was was put in in me. Um, so I learned about it the way that most people do um, through school. And of course, through, you know, hearing stories from friends in high school. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> Wow. Did you, when you were, when you were masturbating, was that always to porn? Like, was it really just all around, like all pleasure was around the porn? Mm-mm. When no. I first started, and for most guys who start, they'll start off masturbating and then they start viewing pornography. Um, eventually they, not all, but many guys are, find that they are unable to masturbate um, without pornography. They need something visual. And that's just how they've rewired their brain. Um, they need the visual, they need the dopamine because their brains 
basically are not as well arranged as Pornhub or one of these web these websites are. These websites run on a very specific algorithm, um, but that's all they do. Your brain does so much more, so you're not able to elicit the same type of fantasy. So I started off with masturbation, and I got to a point where, well, why masturbate when you can just go to a tube site and you can find any genre, any flavor you're feeling that day, and it's unlimited. You can just keep opening tabs till you know your computer crashes, <laughs> right? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Right. And did it was it did it turn in for you like it does for most guys, where it's like, oh, I need the next thing. I need something crazier. I need something more intense. Or were you able to just stay at one level and? I, I, I find it very suspicious when a guy tells me that he's been struggling with this behavior for a long time and he's like, it just hasn't escalated. I just watched the same thing. It's unlikely that, that that person has a problem. Of course, there's other criteria that we look into, but um, the, the natural transition of high-speed internet pornography specifically is, is escalation. It escalates depending on what we call your arousal templates. Um, so there are men who find themselves going from vanilla missionary sex all the way up to suddenly they're watching transgender pornography or so suddenly they're watching sissy pornography or um, they they have fetishes. This is probably another big issue. Escalation can go all the way up to taking fetishes, which may be healthy, natural fetishes, but high speed Internet pornography fetishizes them even further further than you would go, uh, further than another human being would go, which complicates things because a lot of us already experience shame about our fantasies and fetishes only because we're afraid that other people are going to judge us if they knew what we wanted to do. And that's the big thing as human beings. But a lot of them are, for the most part, healthy. But with pornography, it makes it more violent. It makes it more, um, more exciting. It makes it more um, risque. And eventually, it pollutes what would be a perfectly normal fetish before you even got the opportunity to have somebody that you trust and love and you're intimate with maybe act out that fetish. So yes, my behavior escalated. Um, and you can tell, you can see that in pornography today. There's rarely any sort of mainstream pornography that is gentle and loving mm -hmm. and intimate. It's straight up just pounding and violent and rough. And we have a whole generation of men and women coming up thinking like, oh, that's the only type of sex people want. They don't realize there's a time and place for that. Like, yeah, there's some people who like that all the time. There are others who like it with casual partners. There are others who pr have preferences when they are with people in, in relationships. But it's just one style just, of sex. Yeah. Yeah. They just, yeah, there you go. They just don't know. They're just like, that's, that's just how sex is. Yeah. Yeah, it really gives you a warped definition of it all. And yeah, even a warped definition of what a kink is or a fantasy played out because it Absolutely. takes it to that, it takes it away from the intimacy and the connection and into this level of intensity and dopamine and rush and adrenaline, right? It's like no longer about intimacy when it could be and it, it should be. Um, so I like that you mentioned that. That's really interesting. Um, what would you say, like for, for guys listening, what would you say are the different signs and symptoms of porn addiction so that they can determine if they're definitely having a problem and what's the first step to take? I'll give the most common one. The most common one is an inability to stop even when it is having a negative effect on multiple aspects of your life. So let's say you're supposed to, let's say somebody works from home. A lot of this happened during the pandemic. Um, and every single time 
you get a pile of work that you have to do. Um, you're just like, oh my God, that's a lot of stuff. I need to take a break. Now, maybe in your head, you're just going to take a break and walk away. But you find that, oh, every time I take a break, I watch pornography and I masturbate. And you've tried to stop. That's the key. And you can't. Now, the, the thing to note here is it may be distressing for some guys. It may not be. For most guys, it isn't distressing. You might be listening and going like, well, yeah, doesn't, doesn't everyone do that? Let's say everyone did that. But what if most people were able to stop? Most, what if most people were able to say, you know what, for the next month, um, when I feel an urge for pornography, I'm just not going to give into it. I'm just not going to give into it. I'm just going to stay aware and be mindful of the urge and watch its nature. I'm going to just watch it pass. Um, you should try that if you're listening and you don't think that it's a big deal. And the reality is most people who struggle with this behavior cannot do that. They cannot pause and they cannot let it, they cannot let it pass. Uh, What's a good, what would you say is a good test for that pausing time, like a few days, a week to kind of test their control? Um, I would say somebody should be able to go for 30 days without pornography. They could masturbate a handful of times, not a big deal, but no pornography, none at all. No pornography and no fantasies of pornography either. Like, oh, what? You mean no? I'm like, yeah, if you're going to masturbate, masturbate about somebody that you're intimate with right now, or perhaps somebody you've been with in the past. And you'll find that um, there are quite a few men who are not able to do that, who are not able to maintain that. You know, another symptom would be escalating porn use. So when you've gone from whatever vanilla porn is today to pornography that is not in tune with your values. So let's say you watch a lot of violent pornography um or let's say you um you watch pornography that's borderline illegal and you are disturbed by it disturbed simply means that at the moment of once you've orgasmed you feel shame and you feel guilt not because you watch pornography and not because you told yourself you weren't going to but because of the type of material uh that you actually watched another symptom would be what we call porn induced erectile dysfunction Porn-induced erectile dysfunction is when you cannot maintain an erection um, either for masturbation, for your personal pleasure, or for uh, intimacy, sexual intimacy with a partner. Um, the test for this is very simple. You masturbate with and without pornography, and you just see if you're able to get an erection. Most men are completely, most men who struggle with porn-induced erectile dysfunction are completely dead down there if there is no pornography available. Uh, when they're with their partners, their partners will often say that, hey, this is very performative. It always feels as if he's like, he's acting. Actually, this is very common. It's it's almost as if, I don't think there's a woman out there who's sexually active and has multiple partners who's not been with a guy who was acting. And that's just because most oh, guys yeah. watch pornography, right? So just like, yeah. like, what are you doing, dude? What are you trying? Like, you can spot it. It's very, very obvious. Yeah, now it's <laughs> like years ago. It was not something that you would you would hear many women say. Now it's totally normal. They can just and some women just know like, okay, this dude watches a lot of porn because my ex was blah 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 blah. Mm -hmm. um, if the man finds that he has to constantly um, conjure up images while he's having sex, because um, obviously the woman in front of you is not airbrushed. She's not perfect. She's not tan. She's got blemishes. She's got cellulite. She's this. This is and she's not five tabs. She can't be five ethnicities. She can't be twelve looks. She can't be blonde. She can't be all those things. And guess what? Uh, that's that's what you've spent 
most of your time stimulating yourself to sexually. If pornography was like a, a, a simulation of sex, then that was your training. That's a training. You said, you're just like, I'm going to train for sex. Well, it's nothing like the real world. So it's the worst way to train yourself. And of course, your biochemistry is going to change and you're going to be unable to maintain an erection. Um, and of course, related to that is just your interactions with other people, not just women. If you find that you are constantly irritable, you, 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 how would I put it? If you've lost empathy, and this is very important, you lose the ability to connect to people. It is often said that the opposite of addiction is not sobriety. The opposite of addiction is connection. Because when you're addicted, you're very, very selfish. You are only thinking about your own satisfaction. You're watching two people having sex. The truth is when you're viewing pornography, you have no interest in the lives of those two human beings. They are literally two pieces of flesh that are there for your entertainment. You don't care what they did before. You don't care what they did after. They just need to get to a certain point for your entertainment. And when you do this on a consistent basis, while you are releasing very powerful neurochemicals, you are in a heightened state. There are all sorts of emotions that you are feeling. That's the state that you go around in. That's, that's how you start interacting with other people. So you start noticing over the years, over time, for some guys, it even takes a shorter period of time, that um, you don't really care that much for people. A lot of latent traits, like if there's some narcissism there, if there's some sociopathy, a lot of those traits start being start showing up because people are just like, you see a girl. Brainwashing you see, yourself. Yeah, you see guys on Instagram now. They see a girl, they, they're not interested in anything. What's her at? What's her OnlyFans? Like, that's it. It's just like, she's just like, that's all. Women from being empowered, empowered, have now become commodities. So that's all the men are interested in. Like the men have been trained to be like, well, she's just an interesting piece of flesh that I will pay for her access to her on OnlyFans. Or if those who have more money will run Sugar Daddy game and meet her in person till I'm done. And then I'll just find the next woman and do that. So I went a little bit off tangent, but <laughs> I love it. I love it too. I wanna, yeah, that's so you have such a good way of explaining it. I um I want to go back to you just like stressing the um the the fact that like guys are using a, a porn relationship on the screen for their personal pleasure and mm. just kind of like using it selfishly to get to that point of them probably orgasming, right? Yeah. Like and men are so obsessed today with orgasm too, which I'm sure that porn is playing a part in this role, right? The performance, it's all about performance and getting an orgasm or giving her one. That's all it's about. Right. And it's like the level of intimacy and connection has been pulled away. Mm. And, um, and I see that so often, like in guys will just come to me and be like, well, sex can't be enjoyable without an orgasm or like, it's not enjoyable for her if I'm not having sex with her the right way. And I'm like, stop, like, stop. This is all about porn. This isn't about like actual sex. And like, this isn't what great sex is about, you know? So you yeah. can tell who's been brainwashed and you know, who hasn't, which is the minority, unfortunately. But, um, but yeah, I see like exactly what you're saying. I just see it in the communication and behaviors of clients and men who come to me. Um, Absolutely. what do you think, what do you think is the first, like number one step for men to take when they realize, oh, wow, I have all these three signs and symptoms. Like this is me. What is the first thing you, you would say they should do? Well, I think they should confirm it. Um, they should confirm it by trying to stay off pornography. 
And if they realize that they can't, oh yeah, the then, thirty day thing. Yeah, just just thirty days. Um, and some some guys have tried in the past, but if they don't, they should actually go out there and and educate themselves um, on pornography addiction. Now, I, I will say this: I'm not even going to mention my stuff. We 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 educate people, but what we ultimately do at Elevated Recoveries is our job is simple: we help men end that behavior and then redefine their life, like the ideal life that they want to live sexually and in every aspect of their life. Um, there's a great website called Your Brain on Porn that's by the late Gary Olson. And it's a wonderful website for guys to, to um, learn about this. I would say every guy who's serious about ending this behavior or curious about it should go there. I know it's super simple to like get on YouTube and watch one of my videos or someone else's videos, and that's wonderful, but a lot of these people are getting their information from, you know, secondhand sources. So I'm just telling you, this is a place to go to go to where all the, the information is curated. Um, that would be the first step um, cool. to do that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, how do you exactly, when you help men recover from, from porn, um, is it really, is it a matter of, and rebuild their life, so to speak, is it a matter of helping them to understand like primarily how they can associate their brain to pleasure in a new way or is it like like what's like the way what's like the theme of how you help them recover yeah it's interesting uh they say how they can associate their brain to pleasure we 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 remove the entire pleasure aspect i'm very direct with guys uh, um my approach is a very tough love uh approach um we're not a service we're actually just compliance what that means is you can't control this behavior. So you come in and I, my coaches, the doctors in our program, their job is to make sure that you comply with our system. And then you, you do have to agree to it. But um, the first thing we do is to keep it simple. We have three stages that we have within those stages. They're just different cycles and so on. But for the purpose of those listening, the first thing we focus on is changing your habits. Um, before we get into changing your habits, actually, we define your reboots and we call it reboots um, as opposed to recovery, because traditional recovery is out of date. As far as I'm concerned, it's not built for the modern world. Recovery would be regaining that which you lost right to your addictive behavior. Let's say a man is 32 years old and he's been addicted to pornography since he was 17. He goes to a 12 step program, a sex and love addicts anonymous or a therapist who follows those systems and they say, well, let's help you once you've controlled your behavior, get back that life that you lost. Like, bro, you lost 10 years of your life. You don't know what it's like to be a 25 year old who was in a healthy relationship. You're just a 31, 32 year old now. So you've got to hit the reset button. You've got to reboot and you've got to start from where you are. And it's perfectly healthy, normal. It's a loving thing to redefine your values, your standards, your principles around relationships. It's fine. You, you don't have the Maybe you don't have the same sex drive you did when you were 17. Maybe you don't have the same goals. You're a completely different person. So we do that. Once they've defined it, they've defined what they want their sexual life to look like, what they would like their relationships to look like, what they would like ideally. Um, we work on their habits. Their habits would be little things like the boundaries that they set, what the environment is like, not just their physical environments, but also their online environments. So what are you doing? Are you are you spending every, are you waking up in the morning, sitting on the toilet and then scrolling through Instagram? Then you see some Instagram model and then that takes you down a specific path. 
Are you coming back from work, going to the gym, coming back, vegging out in your gym clothes on your sofa, and then scrolling through YouTube or whatever, Twitter, Reddit, and then getting aroused and then masturbating and viewing pornography? We look at all of that in detail. And whatever the boundaries that we've set for them, we also identify certain things in their life that they might be um, medicating with their behavior. So there are some guys who they are very specific, strong emotions that they experience that leads them to porn. For some guys, it's loneliness and a lack of intimacy. They're just like, I've never been with a woman before. I've never been with an attractive woman. I'm a, we have a lot of nice guys, <laughs> I call them nice guys that work with us, um, that just, they don't know how to operate in this world. They have a outdated, I would call it, sense of chivalry towards women and then they just get eaten alive by women um and then those guys end up using pornography a lot a lot of them have a lot of a lot of deep anger issues a lot of, of past trauma so are you medicating that um we also have people who are are medicating current unresolved issues in their life being in an unhappy relationship being in a sexless marriage um not making enough money we have people who are in those situations uh trying to be a successful entrepreneur, but just not knowing what to do and medicating with pornography. So once we've identified all of that, created the habits, the next thing is we change, we make sure it's a part of your lifestyle. Now, there are a lot of coaches out there, Stephanie, who help guys with the habit change, the James Clear atomic habits kind of stuff, which is nice and cute, but it doesn't help you end your behavior permanently. To end your behavior permanently, this has to become a part of your lifestyle. Now, but that's not enough as well. Even when it's a part of your lifestyle, all it takes is a new relationship, changing locations, some major health issue, and your lifestyle has changed. And often guys end up slipping. This is the domain where 12-step programs live because they want you to live the lifestyle, but they don't know how to get you off it permanently. So all they do is they say, you have to keep showing up to the meetings. You have to give, your po your, give it up to a higher power um, uh, one day at a time, once an addict, always an addict, because their system ends with lifestyle. But the way you completely change yourself is the last part, habits, lifestyle, and then self-image. You have to change the way you view yourself. When you become a man who doesn't view pornography, you just don't. It's just like if there are men who see a wallet underground, they pick it up, they're like, holy crap, there's $1,500 in here. They can look at it and they can go, well, I'm going to just take it. And then most men, I've asked them, would you take the money? And they'll be like, no, that, that, that person's probably looking for it. I was like, well, why wouldn't you take the $1,500? They're like, what do you mean? I'm just not that kind of guy. That's your self-image. It's a self-image of men who need pornography. Because think about it. I tell my clients, I was like, you're not a monkey. Do you understand what you're doing? You're sitting down in front of a screen, watching two other human beings, having sex and jerking off. Like, step outside yourself and just watch how pathetic you look as a human being. And you've been doing this, not just once in a while. You can't stop doing it, right? I explained to them, you've tapped into a part of your brain that was not designed to deal with this sort of stimuli. Every one of our ancestors, men today, have viewed more pornography than every one of the ancestors that ever existed on this planet before them. Think about it. That's mind-boggling. And that's what they're doing. So they have to change their self-image and they get to define their self-image. Everybody's the best expert at themselves. I don't define what a man's sexual behavior is going to be like because as he rediscovers his arousal templates, there might be some, and that's why it's rebooting too. 
See, with recovery, you might find out that you have certain kinks, certain fetishes, and they're like, oh, no, 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 that's bad. You can't, you can't do that. That's what addicts do. Uh, of course, they think that's what addicts do, because most of them are using the same template of a relationship. There's nothing like non-traditional relationships. It is all based on the same type of relationship. With Porn Reboot, you have the freedom to discover what works for you. So as you discover that, we encourage it. We help you understand the difference between a high sex drive and when you're actually aroused and, and triggered or hyper hypersexual. We help you understand what healthy sex is, what intimacy is, the things we help you put together your values. You're doing it. You're just reaching out to people who are a little bit ahead of you, who've seen the movie to help you get there. And then once we've changed their self-image, that's how men stay off this behavior permanently. Wow. Yeah. And when you, um, like just do, how you mentioned today that there's more men than ever, you know, mm. using porn, relying on porn, would you blame that on the, the loneliness epidemic at this point? Like, especially when it comes to men, like, mm. what do you, what do you say is the cause of that? What do you think? I think it's a combination of, of different things. I think there are a lot of men who are lonely, but I also think there are a lot of men who are just isolated. Um, and they're isolated because if we look at it in terms of sexual dynamics, um, women have changed so much in a very short period of time. Women graduate um, from college more than men. Um, women, the traditional gender roles have changed so dramatically. Um, women don't really need men for many things in their life. Most women are just like, I don't need to live with a certain guy after a certain age because I'm self-sufficient. I can start my own business. I'm driven. Um, women also have better communities than men because online, when they're where their communities, women have entrepreneurial communities where the women are vocal and supportive of each other and they're empowering each other. Men have their own version of that, but men also have to deal with their pride and their ego and being trained and socialized to not ask for help because I'm a big, strong man, right? I don't ask for help. So with women making all these strides and men hearing things like, oh my God, women can just go on OnlyFans and there are girls who are making $400,000 a month. You got guys who just go like, well, this is not how I was socialized. I don't know how to, how to engage with women. So a lot of them fall back on pornography. OnlyFans has really filled in the void because it's come in and it's bridged the gap between guys feeling for many, many years that they they just didn't have access to sex, that they, then Me Too changed things for a while, then, then the whole like pickup artist community and men who went out to speak to women, that just died and it went underground because now guys were just like, well, I don't want to get hit with a false rape accusation. So mm -hmm. men backed out and just stopped approaching women. The apps are out there um, and they're helpful, but men have also figured out one more thing. All the apps go through their own lifestyle. They start off as actual relationship apps. Then they get, they hit their peak. Then everybody knows about it. Then it gets just overwhelmed by a whole bunch of lonely guys. And then it becomes a hookup app. And then only the best looking guys, the Chads and the Tyrones and the whatever are the ones who get the women. And that's the reality of it. So with something like OnlyFans, when, it, when we're talking about the reason why so many guys are engaging in it, men still want intimacy. Many of my clients, we, we actually threw out a poll. We have a, a Dr. Eastman. She's a, a, one of uh, the coaches in my program. 
And um, we had some guys who were showing up to her sessions and they were asking about non-traditional relationships. They were just curious about it. So she was like, I'd love to do like a, a session on this and we can invite some of the guys. So it's like, let me put out a poll first. So I put out a poll and overwhelmingly, it was like 70 to like 20%, 70% of the guys had no interest in learning about non-traditional relationships. And we have guys from all backgrounds. We have liberal guys, we have conservative guys, we have guys from different countries. This isn't something, most people think like, oh, it must be just really conservative guys with Christian parents. No, we have all sorts of open-minded guys. But uh, for the most part, they were not interested in that. Many men wanted to end their behavior with pornography. Once it became problematic, they were done. They were like, I don't wanna, I don't wanna have many women in my life. I just want intimacy. I want to experience love. And it's no longer, you asked about the pleasure part earlier. It stops being about pleasure. Like they, there's no pleasure. They realize that in order for them to get any sort of pleasure, they have to spend hours doing this. They've also come to realize from their dating experiences or from being with their wife that this person will never measure up to pornography. So, and now they're not even happy. Why? Because what it takes to release enough dopamine for them to feel that way is, is it's, it's a tremendous amount. So they just want- How long does it take to get back to being able to handle a healthy level of dopamine? It depends after. on the person. It depends on the person. Um, within our program, we give guys about a year and a half to two years follow, following our protocol. And we are realistic about it. I know there are people out there who are just like, do a dopamine detox for 30 days. You might feel a placebo effect and certain things might feel fresh again. But the reality is um, all of these things are just temporary fixes. People need to reboot because it's not just a pornography problem. It's a society problem as well. It's a connection problem. Everything works together. For instance, pornography would not be the problem it is today if not for YouTube. See, in 2006, th there was pornography always, this whole drawing it on cave walls and everything, right? But in 2006, YouTube came out. That was the first time tube sites came out where you could go to one site and there was this design where you could open multiple tabs, you could watch things. And as you were watching, it was intuitive. It was showing you what it thought you would wanna watch next. And immediately the porn sites picked up on that and they realized, oh, instead of putting all the pornography behind a paywall, the way they used to do it before, or showing a short trailer, what if, if we gave everybody short clips what if we just gave everything away? We could get them hooked on it and they would just spend time on there and we just changed the way we monetize it. So they did that. They gave everything away. Pornhub is designed just like YouTube, if you notice. Most people don't realize that, but most porn sites are designed that way. It's based off YouTube. So once that happened, then high-speed internet pornography became a major issue. That's when people started getting addicted to it. So with technology today, um, Everyone is, is addicted to something or the other. People are addicted to the dopamine hits. Even creators, I work with a lot of coaches, I work with a lot of big influencers who come to me and sometimes they, have, they think they have a problem with pornography. And I explain to them, I was like, bro, you are not going to be able to quit porn unless you reduce your time on Instagram. 
bro, but I got about 1.1 million followers. I was like, yeah, have you heard of delegation? You gotta delegate your shit <laughs> and you don't need to look for 200,000. Do <laughs> exactly. You don't need 200,000 likes. Yeah. I was like, you don't. They're like, what of you, your, your Instagram, your YouTube? Is I was like, dude, I don't watch any of my stuff. I don't watch anything. I just create, I work with my clients and I live in the real world and I crush it in what I do. I'm really good at what I do. I was like, but I'm also really good at what I do because I'm not addicted to the other things. I don't care how many people like a video. I don't care about the comments. I'll come in once a week and I'll spend some time responding. And they start to realize like, oh, okay, there is a right way to do it. Everybody's going to get damaged by that. So it's a, to answer your question, Stephanie, it's, um, it's, it's really just a connection and a, a, a human problem that we're facing right now. Yeah. Wow. Um, what about, what about men with partners? Mm. Um, more so, you know, specifically female partners, all my guys listening are heterosexual have female partners. And, um, is there a way that their partner can support them through this? Um, or yeah, like what, what would you say to a partnership? Yeah. Um, okay. I have a contrarian approach to this. Um, and just to give everybody who's listening context, I've been doing this for 11 years. Um, right now we have the largest porn addiction, online porn addiction recovery, recovery program on the internet. We have thousands, tens of thousands actually of clients that have come through our program. And one of the things I've noticed is that the first thing your partner needs is honesty from you but your partner cannot be your accountability partner. Mm -hmm. I just want to make that clear. We've just got, this is data. Your partner is too close to the problem and she's so, chances I'm generalizing that she socialized differently from you. Most women, again, generalizing, do not understand that a man can, a woman can see, let's say, okay, watching a TV show, uh, boyfriend and girlfriend and uh, she sees a very attractive man and she's like, oh my God, he's so hot. And he sees a very attractive woman and she's like, oh my, he's like, oh my God, she's so hot. Now, the woman is often not thinking, I want to fuck that guy. She's not, she's not thinking that. Mm -hmm. Not most, not in most cases. She's just like, he's really hot. The man is thinking, I would have sex with her. And if they were to have a conversation about it, she's like, yeah, I think he's hot, but I wouldn't just like have sex with him if he was here right now. Like I would need to get to know him, probably go on a date. What if you and this woman? He's like, nah, I don't, I don't need to go on a date with her. I just do it, <laughs> right? And that's yeah. a fundamental difference between men and women. Now, bearing that in mind, you, you come to realize that your partner is ultimately not going to understand it. She's gonna be like, well, I'm here. If you want to have sex, you can just have sex with me. But what she doesn't understand is it doesn't matter whether she buys a new outfit. It doesn't matter what she does. She can never measure up to what you're watching. She can never be that. And ultimately, that is likely going to hurt her and hurt your relationship. And so as your accountability partner, she might find it difficult to understand why you're viewing pornography multiple times a day. She's like, yo, I've been trying to have sex with you just a few times a month, and that's hard enough. And even when we do, you can't get it up or you come too quickly. And you're trying to tell me that you're going to spend more time doing this. She may understand it on the surface, but ultimately she's, she didn't get into the relationship to help you end your behavior. 
she entered it because both of you would become complements, equals, complements to your life, so you could both have a more awesome life. She didn't come in there for any of that, so her emotions are going to get hurt. What a partner should do is a partner, a female partner, and this goes for the men too, if you're listening, um, think of the well-being of your female partner. And I'm really encouraging you guys to do that because this is a human being that didn't sign up for this, right? If you're not satisfying her or pleasing her sexually, and there are many reasons why you may not be able to, but if you know it has something to do with pornography, if you're like, yeah, I think it's because of the porn, it is your duty, your obligation, and your responsibility to start taking care of that. You should inform her unless you feel that it's going to hurt her too much. And what I mean by this is there are some men who already know that their partner has been through some trauma or their partner had an ex who cheated on her or partner had a, a, her, their partner was with somebody who used pornography and also stepped out of the relationship or their partner is going through a bout of depression. Now, if you feel that that person might self-harm, then you don't need to tell them but it is your not right away anyway but it is your responsibility to start working on your behavior once you fix the behavior the recommendation i give to men who have partners who might self-harm or who might experience what we call betrayal trauma is to eventually let them know eventually once you've taken care of the problem sit down with your partner and let them know exactly what happened like hey remember two years ago when this was happening and then after that it was just like my sex drive started working and blah 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 well this is, I just want to tell you, this is actually what happened. So being honest and truthful is the first thing and being ethical about how you do it. I want to make it clear. We have there are a lot of nice guys out there who are just like, well, the truth will set you free. So I'm just going to tell her everything. Understand that that's a lot for a woman who was not expecting it. If she is traumatized, it is unlikely that your relationship is going to make it because she may have thought that this was a guy who was, a lot of men keep this a secret, as you know, Stephanie. She might have thought like, this was not that type of guy. I had no idea that you were, you were doing any of these things. So really think about it. What's the impact? Not on your relationship. What's the impact it's going to have on, on her life? The next thing is don't manipulate her. There are a lot of couples out there who are in codependent relationships. As a matter of fact, a lot of times when we suspect that when we are doing an intake call with a client, we'll have you and your partner show up. And my reboot strategists are trained to identify whether she's codependent. So she might be like, yeah, you know, I was like, well, you, you applied, right? She's like, yeah, I applied for him because I, I just, he was just trying. And most guys will not seek help. So it's often the partner who's going to mm -hmm. seek help. And I saw your videos, videos. I heard your podcast, JK. So like, uh, here we are. And then I'm like, what do you want? And everyone talks about it. And then she goes at the end. Yeah, I think, um, I think we can, um, I think we can work it out. I think from the call, we've, we've gotten some good tips and we're going to be, and I'm just like, listen, you came here because you said in your application that you'd been trying to get him to stop for two years. And you really think on a, after a 45 minute call, you're going to, no, I just think like, like, like we could be good accountability partners. You've given me just like a lot of, uh, a lot of hope and confidence and blah, 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 blah. I just, I don't even play that. I won't even get into that. Yeah, I don't yeah. play that game. I'm done. I'm off. <laughs> I don't see time. you playing that game. No, no, I don't. I don't. I'm not going to sit there and sell you on anything. I'm just like, okay, well, we're going to be here in a few years. I'll see you in a couple of years. Don't be ashamed to come back. Bye. I go. Yeah. But for the couples out there, um, I want to give a little bit of hope. 
just to answer that, to, to end that question. It is absolutely possible for you to recreate your relationship. Your relationship can die several times, and that's fine. If the reasons for you guys staying together are strong enough, and I like to say this to my clients, there are three things that are necessary in a modern relationship. The first is that for the woman, she must feel attraction for the man. Most divorces and breakups are initiated by the woman. And oftentimes it's because she's lost attraction for the man. And it's not her job to tell you what to do to be attractive. Um, a lot of men take that for granted. For the relationship, there must be harmony. Both of you must get along with each other. There must be chemistry. There must be a future together. Just you guys must get along in more ways than one. And for the man, he needs to feel free. That's very important. If a man feels constrained mentally or emotionally or in his environment, he's going to act out. He's going to be in the bathroom while she's in the room watching porn. He's going to be like, I got to do a little bit more work. And then he's going to be jerking off. Men cannot feel constrained. The one way to not feel constrained is to communicate openly and honestly with your partner. Tell her what's going on. Tell her what you want. Have the conversation. And they're not the easiest conversations. But if your relationship is affected by pornography now and you haven't told your partner about it, just take action for yourself because it's not going to get any better. I've worked with guys who've showed up and their partner for five years, 12 years. I just had a client who graduated from our program whose partner did not know he had a severe uh, uh, addiction to pornography for 25 years, right? No idea. And he was a daily pornography user. Wow. She was oblivious to that. So if you want your relationship to work, gentlemen, this is the thing. What would you say to guys? I, I love that, that, you know, that piece of hope right there, because it's like, Hey, there's a way out, you know, and we're talking about it. So you just got to take action and take it quickly when you realize this, um, something I want to give some hope to the guys who don't have a woman in their life and maybe are feeling a bit lonely and feel like this is their, their way of, of coping due to lack of, you know, having a woman. So how can you give that guy hope? Um, I'll use myself as an example. Okay. Um, I was a total loser with women. When I say I was a loser, I mean that I was awkward. I didn't have good hygiene. I didn't take care of how I looked. The advice I followed from my friends was just be yourself, bro. And she'll like you. That never worked out for me. I always told women that I met and that I liked immediately how I felt. I fell in love with every woman that I met. And um, I had a sense of entitlement because I'd watched so much pornography. I felt that I was entitled to beautiful women. Um, mm -hmm. I did not know how to communicate with women and I did not know how to be attractive. Um, you know who Mark Manson is? The subtle art of not. Yes, 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 yes. Cool. So Mark Manson was my first coach many, many years ago oh, when he was cool. broke and living on his mom's couch in Austin. And back then, uh, he was going to go to Argentina after he read the four hour work work week and he was going to start his entrepreneurial journey, but he needed cash. So he put out an email. I followed his old, old blog 
And uh, he was like, I'm looking for one more coaching client to fly out to Austin. I'm going to take you out and teach you how to have conversations with women if you have social anxiety. And I was like, shit, I am so broke. So I put the money on my credit card and I went out there and I spent a wonderful weekend with Mark. Turns out we were oh like born on the same day, same, same year, everything. And it was so powerful for me because he watched me approach women and I would come back after getting rejected and he would give me feedback on my body language. And the biggest thing that I got from this is that you have the capacity to be attractive. There are things that are helpful, like having a nice house, a nice car, but those are not, and the looks, but those are not the most important things. The things that matter more are your confidence, your ability to control your emotions and your behavior. That's important. Outcome independence, which means that you don't really care what the outcome is, which mm -hmm. means that when you meet a woman, you don't overinvest in her. Like, yes, you're interested in her, you want to know her, you're not being an asshole and being standoffish, but you know, like, you're like, I like this woman, but if she turns out, if she's not interested in me, if someone comes along, whatever the case may be, then I'm actually okay with that. I'm not going to be needy. I'm not go understanding that when you're outcome independent, you become an attractive man. And then actually having goals in your life. When you're going for something, when you're building something in your life, you naturally become outcome independent because you don't have time to go chasing anyone. And those are the things that actually build up those qualities. Um, I went from being a virgin at 21 years old to having amazing dating experiences, traveling all over the world, being in long-term relationships, and then from there, I worked on myself as well. So I worked on my physique. I worked on the way I spoke. I started working on my finances. All these areas are important areas of what we call your reboot capital. Everybody who's struggling with pornography has an area of their life that they have neglected. It could be their ability to communicate and connect with people. It could be their finances. And there are a lot of you guys out there, I'll say it straight up. Um, I don't know if, if Stephanie would say it to you guys, but I will say it to you guys. And stop just stop being broke things are tough like i know things are tough financially but at a certain point you've got to take responsibility and get to a baseline and that simply means get out of survival into stability it is a beautiful thing why because you are now able to afford professional help like that debt that i went into to work with mark manson was the best thing ever because I had been following him for a long time, but I was so cheap. I would never, I was like, oh no, I'm not gonna invest in a coach. I'm just gonna ask questions and he you channel. Like I wasn't, I, was like, I wasn't doing any of those things. So gentlemen, one of the best things you can do is invest in yourself. If this is so important, because I did not get to where I am today, running this company or being who I am, having the things that I have in my life internally as well. That's the most important thing. If I lost everything, I can build it all up from the bottom because not only do I have knowledge, I have practical knowledge. I've put myself out there. But if you are single, the best thing you can do is start investing in yourself. Stop scrolling through the forums and watching videos. If you find somebody that resonates with you, get on a phone, get on the call with that person. You don't need to purchase anything. Just get on the phone and say, hey, like, I, I want to see how you could help me. Like get the idea of how they could support you, get excited about it. And if you can't afford it, just say, I can't really afford it right now, but at least you took action. Then go save the money 
and have someone who has seen the movie before or somebody who has expertise help you because brothers, your time is passing. You're in your 20s. Before you know it, you're going to be in your late 20s. Then next thing you know, you're going to be in your 30s. Some of you are coming out of relationships. Time is passing you by. All right. So start investing in yourself. Start working in yourself. If you have porn-induced erectile dysfunction and you're struggling with pornography, do whatever you can to get away from that. That is holding you back in your sexual performance. But most importantly, it is destroying your self-esteem. It is very emasculating to not approach women or be afraid of having sex with women because you're so worried about, about how you're going to, to appear to the woman and that she's going to judge you. And I, if you're struggling you're putting with that, that on yourself, yeah, no, you, you are doing it to yourself. I work with so many men who come in and I can tell before they say anything during the, the call, those who work with me privately, I was like, say less, bro. <laughs> there was just, just one more thing. I was just like, you haven't had sex in a while because you're just scared to death that your dick won't work right. He's like, bro, how did you know? I was like, because I've been there. And remember, every time you watch pornography, when you are scared of actually being with a woman, you are making that situation worse. So seek help today. Wow. Bam. That's it. That's it, right? <laughs> like that's <laughs> all right, guys. That's all you gotta know to truly make the next step. I love how like obvious you make it where it's like you're in full control. Like you're doing this to yourself. You put yourself here, you could get yourself out, you know. So if you think about it that way, and you know, thank you for just bringing up some of the things that I just wouldn't say to my audience, but you've said them just very clear and directly. Um, because it, you know, it is important for you to prioritize yourself and your self image because everything really stems from that, right? How you view yourself as a man and a person. So I really, yeah, I love all of that. It was really good. And I know this is going to be so helpful for anyone who listens to it. This is helpful for me too. Um, so thank you. Thank you for your expertise and your value and your time, your energy. If you can leave the guys with one piece of advice, say like, the only thing they remember from this podcast is one thing. What would it be? Actually, not not give you one thing. I'll give you my quote. Mm. And um, my favorite quote is from a gentleman called Sir Richard Francis Burton. Y'all should look him up. Um, the quote is, do as thy manhood bids thee do. From none but self expect applause. He noblest lives and he who noblest dies is he who makes and keeps his self-made laws. And what that means is that you're a man and we live in a society today where men are being told to do all sorts of things and you're getting so much information from the internet. Just listen to what your manhood tells you to do. Put it through a filter of your values and your ethics. It should not cause you to feel any shame. You don't need to look to anybody for validation. You don't need a woman to give you validation. You don't need me, nobody. The only person that should validate yourself is you. And realize that you can set your own values, your own goals, your own principles at the end of the day. Set them. And at the end of the day, this is how I live my life, gentlemen. This is what all my clients do. And they leave. My clients do not stay with me. I don't need my clients staying with me for more than 10 years. I don't need it. We have guys who keep coming in, but they come in and they leave as men with their own values and their own principles. And it all started with one thing, 
they looked at their out of control sexual behavior. They were like, you know what, this is the one thing in my life that I cannot control right now. And I hope today, from what I've shared with Stephanie and all of you that you've realized that it's not just about your sexual behavior. This extends to multiple areas of your life, your relationship, your finances, your sense of self, your identity as a man, your self image. So I know that wasn't just one thing that was just like a whole little little chunk, but I, I really want to give as much value as I can. No, that was beautiful. That was awesome. Thank you so much, JK. I appreciate you. I hope this episode helped you. If it did, I would love for you to leave me an iTunes review. It would mean the world to me. You can also screenshot your favorite episodes and tag me on Instagram at Steph Ganowski. And before I go, remember, your sex life is as good as you make it out to be. Until next time.